We're hearing reports of a Russian plane. It collided with a flock of birds on takeoff out of Moscow, and uh, they had to make an er- emergency landing at, at one of the airports after both engines seem to be damaged by this uh, flock of birds. To talk about the story and what it means for us here in Canada, Jock Williams joins us on the line. He is our 640 Toronto aviation expert. Jock, welcome to the program. Good to have you on again. Thanks, Kelly. Glad to be back. Last time we heard about an incident like this, it became known as the Miracle on the Hudson, and it was a National Transportation Safety Board that uh, decided to describe it as the most successful ditching in aviation history. I'm talking about when uh, Sully Sullenberg's flight in New York City in 2009 struck a flock of Canada geese. I don't know why they needed to talk about the nationality of those geese, but anyways, they punctuated it um, just northeast of the George Washington Bridge, and the engine lost all power, and he had to ditch it in the Hudson. How similar is this situation to that one? Well, it sounds like it's very similar indeed. I don't know whether it was Canada geese that brought this one down. Could easily have been seagulls, but both of those breeds and lots of others have been known to enter the turbine engines and shut them down. The, the good news is that, that this plane, the same as the Miracle on the Hudson plane, had a guy on board who was quick thinking and decided to put it, as I understand it, he put it in a field, not not on a runway, but in a field near a runway somewhere. Okay, so he also had to uh, just work with what he had. He had to think outside the box, yeah. as everybody says. And that's what you hope for. That's what pilots get paid for. We don't get paid for sitting there flying along straight and level. We get paid for when the wing falls off and we dream up something else we can do. These are uh, 10 years apart. How often, how common are bird strikes that actually don't bring down a plane? In, in Canada, in any given year, there's probably 15 or 20 major bird strikes that don't, in the long run, as you say, bring down an airplane. They may damage an engine. They may damage a wing. But they may damage any other part of an airplane, but they don't generally cause uh, crashes with fatalities or serious injuries. What's the difference uh, between a major, try and just clarify this here for us, give us an idea of a major bird strike and a minor bird strike. I know it's not uh, like piano chords, but... Yeah, well, a major bird strike, you end up with blood on the airplane, but no hole in the plane. Uh, excuse me, a minor bird strike. A major bird strike, you end up losing an engine or or having the bird penetrate the windscreen coming into the cockpit or knocking some vital part off the plane. But even at that, the major bird strikes don't generally cause the plane to go down. But if you lose both engines, these planes, aircraft nowadays, modern jet airplanes are excellent gliders, but they can't go back up. In other words, if you're at 30,000 feet and you hit a bird, you're going down. The question is, how long is it going to take? probably about 15 minutes in that case. But if you hit a bird and you're at 1,000 feet, then it's not going to take very long at all. You're going right. to be talking about one or two minutes. And you got to make your mind up what you're going to do, and you got to keep on flying the airplane and warn the passengers to get set up for an emergency landing. Is it possible so that some of us have been on a plane when there's been like a minor bird strike? Would we feel that? No, you wouldn't generally feel it. You might hear it. But if you felt it, that's a pretty big bird strike. What are you listening for? Well, they make quite a noise. I've, I've had quite a number of bird strikes. We used to have them in fighters fairly often. 
And, I mean, even a sparrow, when it hits you at 800 miles an hour, makes a pretty big bang and it gets your attention. But then you quickly check your instruments and you realize, well, nothing's malfunctioning. It must just have been a bird strike. But if you hit something the size of a Canada goose, Mm -hmm. you're going to hear a very big bang and you're surely going to hope that it wasn't an important part that it hit because any one Canada goose could probably put out an engine. What do you do then? You know, when you're, so you're hit by a Canada goose. I just want to get into the mind of a pilot. Put us in that seat. You hear something, you're like, oh, I think that might have been a goose. What are you doing next? Are you checking gauges? What are you trying to figure out? What you are is checking gauges and checking the feel of the aircraft to see if you can detect any difference in feel, then it's affected some of the flight surfaces, the wings or the tail or whatever. If you see one engine fluctuating, either in RPM or in fuel flow. Jet engines don't fluctuate normally. The gauges just sit there. So if you see one that's different from another, you recognize that you've got a problem. Now the trick is to analyze what's the best thing to do. Go immediately for an airport if there's one nearby, or pick out a farmer's field, aim for it, and fly the plane to that location at the best speed that you can and at the best flight angle that you can achieve. How would how would wheels react on a farmer's field? Like you, you're putting the landing gear down, presumably, and hoping that it works. But how would the wheels of a plane react to? They're used to you know uh, landing and gliding in onto uh, asphalt. That's right. Well, the, the trick is this: the wheels will will work okay, but if it's a wet field that's soft, they'll sink in. Right. That that of course is not such a bad thing because it will bring you to a stop more quickly than if you were landing on a hard surface and you kept rolling onward and onward. But you're unlikely to get a farmer's field that's 9,000 feet long, right. whereas most of our runways are. So the, the trick is to, to decide. In years gone by, we used to try to land on the belly of the aircraft. Now we've decided that it's better to have the wheels down and potentially even rip them off. Because when they're ripping off, it's expending a bunch of the energy that, that is part of a crash. And if you can have three wheels ripped off, you're going to have a, a gentler crash in the long run than you would have if they, if they stayed on. This Russian, this Russian passenger jet was carrying 226 passengers, and after landing, 23 people were injured. It, was, it landed in a cornfield. You are right. It wasn't yeah. at the airport. Um, would you, do you anticipate that the injuries came from one of those hard stops? You have the wheels down. It's a little wet. There's a drag, and, uh, you know, it's physics. These people well, are going to be thrown forward. Yeah, that, you're right exactly that it's physics. And you know that if you put on the brakes hard in a car, your passengers are pushed forward. But fortunately, they have their seatbelts and shoulder harness on, and so they don't hit something. But you know how, how close you are to the seat ahead of you when you're flying in an airplane these days. So the All too well, Jock. I yeah. wish I didn't. <laughs> Indeed. But the fact of the matter is, is you're likely to hit the back of the seat ahead of you. And that's something that you might want to think about when you're sitting in the airplane. That's why they have you bend over, and, and in many cases they suggest that you sort of grasp your knees. That, that means that you're already forward, so you can't be thrown forward and hit something. Right, it's going to protect your neck. I imagine yeah, most of the exactly. brunt would be on your uh, upper shoulders and that's your back. Right. And, and what you want to be protecting is, is your head and your spine, and anything else you can grab onto at the time. But it's a scary circumstance. But fortunately, these things happen so quickly that usually the passengers don't have a chance to get very upset. It's all over in a matter of a minute. 
two minutes maximum. I don't know if I feel comfortable with a pilot saying it's all over in a matter of a minute. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't mean to say it quite that way, I guess. Uh, Jock, I don't want to read into things too much, but uh, I am going to read something that my producer, Chris Creston, put up on the the board for me so we can communicate while we're doing an interview. He said while he was grabbing you uh, before we brought you on the air, he said that you thought that we'd see more and more bird strikes. Why is that? Well, because... In my opinion, we have more and more birds. It used to be that if you're walking around a city, you didn't see any Canada geese. Now you see lots of them. But the the do-gooders in the world stop everybody from from doing those Canada geese in and stopping them from being a hazard. Well, those are the very guys that if you hit them with an airplane, it's going to have serious results. So that's that's based on your perception then? Well, it is and it isn't. Well, I, I mean, you I said you're it. seeing more and more birds. I mean, it, 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 Jock, you're slowing down. You're getting up in years. <laughs> maybe you're just looking more. Yeah, maybe that's it. I'm walking at the speed that they're going instead of flying by them at 1,000 miles an hour. Yeah. You really know how to hurt a <laughs> Jock, I wouldn't say it if I didn't think you could take it. I mean it in love. <laughs> I love you, too. Jock, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Kelly. Great talking. Always fun having you on the air.